everyone, and welcome back to the Joy Clicks Gamescast. This is episode 76. I'm your host today, Christian Buckley. As always, I'm joined by the cozy conductor, Kevin Diaz. How are you? Greetings. Greetings. How we doing? Doing good. I I forget if I said this last week, but every week when I roll the intro, I watch the intro, right? And then yeah. it's timed in, so I do the transition. I thought of this last week. I forget if I brought it up at the beginning. Uh, when I edited... Because this is our second intro for the show. We had an original one and then an updated one at the beginning of 2021, I think. Um, the newer one I have has, like, my name and your name. And underneath right. it, there are clips of some of our favorite games and characters from said games. Right. Yeah. And I made this a year ago, right? Essentially. I, I have Cloud Strife in the montage but he's under my name and i feel like that's wrong i feel like it has to be under your name so the next time i recut this thing um, i'll put cloud strife under kevin diaz it yeah, just feels yeah, weird maybe. it feels weird yeah i mean like i don't want to like belittle your fandom of that f7 no i know no. you love it i do love saying? it i don't want to mm-hmm. i would i would i would hate to like trample over you you know for, for oh, no reason not know? at all it could be ours yeah. you know cloud 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 can be for both you know what I'm saying? You know, you know. What I can do is I can replace the the clip under my name there with Cloud Strife walking out of Olympus Coliseum in Kingdom Hearts because uh, that is my tie to Cloud, and okay. your, your tie okay. to Cloud like specifically, that. your introduction to Cloud, the way mine was Kingdom Hearts is Seven Remake. So then you get that clip. One of my little brother's friends uh, saw me playing ff7 remake mm-hmm. and uh he was like oh snap they made cloud from kingdom hearts into a full ah, game like, what? and i was like <laughs> i was like oh that's okay damn like i can't even really slander like hey that's that's a lot of people's first introduction to cloud mm-hmm. i suppose that, you know it was saying? what I mine was really even yeah i'm like I, I really can't even knock you sir mm-hmm. you know oh. so yeah kind of crazy kind of crazy very much indeed uh but before we get into the run of show today it is a heavier episode this week we have some casual fun stuff as we normally do in the show but in the back half pots probably not even back half probably like two-thirds of the show today is going to be going over the activision blizzard lawsuit with the state of california uh the striking and walkout that is happening today as a recording we'll get into all that later and also have a conversation just about in general as fans as content creators what what we can do so that's later for now patch notes quick brief little update last week after recording we got ea play live which we reacted to on the channel and it seemed like overall the panel was mostly positive right we we seemed pretty pretty entertained by the show that ea put on yeah yeah I agree. I agree. It's it's really great that um you know I get to experience like uh, Dead Space in a fully remade fashion. You know, um similar to like RE2 remake, Five Nights at remake when I first played that and everything, and then went back to the original. So um, I don't plan on going back to the original Dead Space. I kind of just want to just treat this kind of like RE2, where it's sure. like let me just experience it as if it, I mean like it is a fresh experience in uh, the modern day with the remake. So very excited for that. A lot of people love that game. I think you played Dead Space back in the day. Right? I never I beat it, but I did play a little bit of Dead Space, and I think I played a little more of Dead Space too, um, at like yeah. some friends' houses. And I, I was really into. It. I thought it was super cool, um, very novel at the time. 
and I'm sure you're aware of this, but like it was one of the first instances I saw of a like third person action game or not action, but third person uh, type game with being in the genre of survival horror, this gun combat, but all of your stuff, like there's no HUD. It's yeah. on the guy's backpack. Yeah, like it, there's a there's a, a spine that like lights up. That's your health bar. There's like a, a little wheel that shows your stamina, and like it's all in universe, uh, diegetic, if you will. Mm. That's, that's a film mm. school term. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Also, like all of his tools are like literally tools because he's some sort of like engineer. engineer yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very very cool stuff. Yeah. Very very cool concept. I love. And, and, and hey, you know, I love sci-fi. Not like this is technically. I guess it could be. It is. It is. It is. But like you know, like like space sci-fi type thing. I definitely like. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a newfound appreciation for horror aspects with Resident Evil and all that good stuff. Um, where like traditionally wasn't the biggest fan of horror and everything. So yeah. cool I, to see these blended together. You know. Could I think cool. what's interesting about this game specifically because it is a remake. It's coming from Motive. Um where resident evil 2 and 7 remake exist this in my mind based off the way they're talking about it operates under more of a shadow of the colossus type remake where it's on the surface it is more than a remaster it is a ground up thing but like re2 went from fixed camera angles top down to third person action shooter game survival horror right. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII, in a similar way, went from turn-based, top-down, to the adventure game you know it to be. So, Dead Space, like, isn't going to be shifting perspectives, you know? Like, it's still yeah. going to be that third-person, no-HUD game. It's just going to look way nicer. Um, story seems like it's being fleshed out, because they, they... Dude, Dead Space gets into some, like, weird lore in the later games, so... Interesting. Interesting. Um, Interesting. They're also including some cut content, so it's gonna probably be the definitive way to play Dead Space. I'm sure there will people will be people who prefer the original, but I'm I got it installed on my Xbox, so I'm gonna run through one and two probably in this year because I always wanted to play the whole thing, but nice. no M game household for a while here, and uh, that was a mm. old problem. Same here. Time. Yeah. Same here, except COD. That was the exception. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Indeed. I. I think we went over this before. Was COD your first M game? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like pretty sure. I know my dad bought San Andreas. Yes. As a kid. And my mom, like, I, I was like riding a bike. And I think like an NPC punched me off the bike or something like Like something like not really that violent happened. Mm -hmm. But that was enough for her to be like, no, no, we got to we gotta take it back. Right. Take it back. I also got this game. Do you remember an IP Blood Rain? The name, yes. I cannot tell you what the game is, though. Let me look it up. I can't tell you the game either because my, my mom never let me open it. But my dad also got that one. And I'm not sure why he got that one. <laughs> not sure. Um, but that was also in the house that I was not allowed to open. So there's that. There's a Blood Rain film that has a really a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Interesting. It's like R-A-Y-N-E. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this game. Yeah, with this chick. Yeah, yeah. Not sure what it's about. It's a human vampire. Interesting. It's about vampires. So okay. 
This is very interesting. Okay, Blood Rain came out in 2002. It's a set in 1933 and 38, just before World War II. As an agent of the Brimstone Society, Rain is sent to a variety of locations, a small swamp town in Louisiana, a Nazi fortress in Argentina, and an ancient castle in Germany to battle supernatural creatures as well as the Nazi army. Honestly, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, like I wonder... I'm not going to lie, that sounds pretty cool. It's a a well-received series. (laughs) yeah that sounds like a pretty cool concept okay yeah interesting interesting well the more you know uh speaking of remakes games we're playing kevin you played a little more final fantasy 7 remake today by next episode i presume you'll have wrapped it yes i'd like to apologize to the panel um i've only been playing (laughs) episode remake yes it's a very long game there is that but also like i've been meaning to play other things split gate on the mind you know other other things as well that i've been meaning to get to but i really just want to really delve into square enix's birthday present for me mm-hmm. which was integrate as you all recall uh so I really you know took my sweet time with this game um but next week i will have more thoughts about other things besides ff7 okay that's um it's funny <laughs> actually because last year when the initial release came out, that was technically Square Enix's birthday present for me because my birthday was April 9th and then it unlocked at midnight into the April 10th. So that was... Look at that. They care about us. They do. They do. They do. Um, this game is fantastic. I'm I'm, I'm at Destiny's Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Uh, oh, shit. It's, it's fine. My it's bad. fine. My bad. You don't, Sorry people didn't, people don't bad. know when that is. That's just a term. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That could be a exactly. bar. I'm going to talk service level spoilers from here on out. Um, I do think that one negative that I well, actually you know what slightly two that I see on, on my second playthrough. Um, you mentioned that the the Shinra HQ section yeah. is like really long and tedious. Yep. And like I didn't feel that way the first time I played it. Now the second time. I definitely feel like it's that. what what it is. It's when um, shit. I'm trying to think of like what I can exactly tell you exactly when it is. I know what it is. Yeah. I know what it is. Go ahead. Go ahead. It I is think it's probably the same thing. all of Hojo's lab. That does not need to be in the game. It's not the entirety of Hojo's lab. It's the drum section when you get separated well, yeah, and you got to do yeah yeah that specifically is like the part where i was like okay like are we serious right now no but like, yeah that's serious, you know that's yeah. hoja's lab that's what i refer to because like i don't think you do anything like you get cutscenes in his lab room the way you do in the original seven but like the gameplay segment to build out hoja's lab is that drum which again was not in the original does not need to be in the game and it's just padding yeah i would have personally cut the whole drum session the whole drum section because like there's not even really a lot you get out of it like yeah okay you get to see a bunch of hojo's experiments Mm -hmm. and all that and uh red 13 gives a little context to genova and all that and um erythos as well so like you get a little bit of that but i think that could have been told in a cutscene before the actual genova fight that you do yep uh there so Really, like, yeah, that that whole section, that whole drum section, I would have cut. I'm cool with the Hojo stuff early on, where we get cutscenes about Hojo and all that. Yeah, and um, because that's in the original. Oh, you know. And dude, a big thing that I, um, a, a big thing that I had to pause the game and like walk around for a second. The whispers wisp Hojo away when Hojo was like, "No, you weren't a soldier. It's a cloud." Mm-hmm. 
because Cloud's not supposed to know that yet. Oh, fuck. Mwah. Mwah. That fire. Um, and then also, I think that the, the Destiny stuff, I think, could have been... I don't know how to put it. Like, it, it, it seems like it's on the border of, like, not... It, it it seems almost too random. You get what I'm saying? And, like, maybe I shouldn't have that way because, like, you know, we we have the whispers. It's already defined before that point that they are the Arbiters of Fate. They're meant to keep the FF7, you know, story intact to the yeah. original way it was. And in the in-world explanation, it's literally the live stream trying to protect itself and know the best way to prevent... Yeah. destruction which is this one way that happens right yeah, so like and... yeah that all makes sense but like the actual prospect of like the destiny stuff and going into that i think is like a little bit like not the best way they could have we we could have got there what do you think about that you know what i'm saying yeah i hear what you're saying i'll push back yeah. a little bit because like i think the whispers are like they're introduced within the first like two hours right so there's a mystery to them Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't know if I like maybe in the context of just this game as it exists on its own, it might be a little random. But like the Destiny revelation, like you see the whispers manipulating stuff in the game, and then the Destiny revelation at the end is the answer to that. I think yeah. maybe as a concept, you could say it's random, but I think that's why Seven Remake is impressive because like you couldn't do that. And have it mean anything if this wasn't a remake of Final Fantasy 7, you know? So I think yeah. there's that element yeah. of it too, and that's why it works. Like, because even yeah. going in, you were, were aware that there were like things that, like your first playthrough, there were things that were changed in this game. So, like, knowing about the legacy aspect of it, I think is important to this game. But if it's just judged on its own, yeah, I could hear you could say that the Destiny reveal is random even though they're building up to a reveal if that makes sense you know yeah yeah like it's not yeah like i i i struggle to like really pinpoint like what exactly it is that has me off a little bit and i want to really emphasize a little bit like i don't think it's bad at all you know mm -hmm. um i just think that like it it it, it kind of just you're literally you know doing the uh doing the mini bike game mm -hmm. you know and then about 10 minutes later you're transcending destiny <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, like it, it, it it's it's like it just seems a little bit of a of a pivot that i think they could have done like a better curve with that you know what i'm saying i don't know maybe maybe i'm tripping but like overall this this game is fantastic the second time through I, i'm having so many like ah like okay that that the genova fight and the sound now i can appreciate the soundtrack fully christian oh my mm -hmm. god jesus christ it's fire um yeah i i love how i said remake i i really really love that game it's great it's great i just got to beat the harbingers and Sephiroth, which uh the harbingers definitely uh definitely are already a challenge so we'll see even on hard mode too so we'll yeah see. but i'm I'm confident in the party. We can definitely do this, you know, definitely. Absolutely. Good luck. Indeed. Well, uh, speaking of destiny, 
Um, I've been putting, again, more time into Destiny 2, getting caught up on the seasonal storytelling. Um, not a ton to say. There's an event going on right now. It's a returning event that's been an event before. It's the Solstice of Heroes, um, where it's been going for like two weeks at this point, I think. I just started doing a lot of it the other night because it ends on the third. But essentially, it's there's a new area they add to the tower. It's a... It, Let's you blow it into a match made game mode uh, in the EAZ, so the Earth Aerial Zone. It's a bunch of floating islands, like we're in James Cameron's Avatar, and they spawn a bunch of um, bo like bosses, and you're in a fire team. You gotta take them all out as many as you can in a certain time period, and uh, you just get like event rewards out of it. So it's fun. There's a cool armor set that you can uh, upgrade and unlock if you run the the um EAZ a few times but that was the most recent thing i did again just being in destiny again is fun um they're doing their big new season reveal and witch queen reveal sometime in august which is uh gonna be lined up with the new season starting so excited to be caught up for that i got a couple weeks left i think to get caught up on season of the splicer which is the current one going on which uh I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a leak about the finale of the season that oh. leaked because Bungie posted too early. Yeah, to see it in game. So like, there's an in-game right. thing that if people redeemed it, you know how in Destiny, if you do like certain triumphs, you can get uh, titles for like your character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's one called Splicer, and there are some people running around with Splicer as their title, which was tied to redeeming this uh lore tab for the end of the season and i don't think they should be they should they shouldn't be having that title right now because that's not the end of the season yet we still got like 20 days but um yeah being in destiny right now i it's basically downtime the next season is long and the expansion coming up in earliest february presumably is going to be a big big payoff and also set up for a character arc that's been going on since like vanilla destiny one so if you're ever curious about destiny i think now's a good time to get in you got some time you got a few expansions to run through you got some videos to watch and then uh when sabathun shows up in february you're gonna have a hell of a time fighting that hive god <laughs> So. Sabathun. 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 Okay. You know okay. the strike Sabathun song? Is that familiar? A little bit. A little bit familiar, actually. I feel like I've read it. In, in, you're familiar. In you're familiar with Oryx. Oh yeah, yeah. Sabathun yeah. is Oryx's sister. I see. Okay. And they have a third sister, who's been lurking around this season. Had some influence on things. Oh man, but, a third sister. Oof. Yes. So, mm. I very good time to be in Destiny. Um, exciting time, of course, with what's coming up. But the other thing I've been playing the past four days is Pokemon Unite. That is the new. I did not know you were playing that. Holy shit! Okay. Yeah. So it's been out for about ten days now. Um, I was curious, right? Because we watched. I don't know if you were there with me, Kevin, but there was a Pokemon Direct in, like, January, I think, um, that 
I think me and Omar might have done reactions to. Um, it wasn't the Nintendo Direct. It was just Pokemon. And one of the things they announced for the anniversary this year was a MOBA, a free-to-play multiplayer online battle arena about Pokemon coming to Switch, Mobile, and PC this year. And I was like, snooze, Pokemon sleep more like. I'm not touching this thing. I don't like League of Legends. And I put like five hours into it, and it's really fun. So, <laughs> Are you playing on Switch? Yeah, it's only on Switch right now. So it launched on Switch. Oh, only on Switch. Okay, cool. It launched on Switch first. I think September or late August, it's coming to iOS and PC. Okay. So. Okay. okay. This is interesting because, you know, I like to think that, like, I have, like, a broad, you know, like, in terms of genres of games. I yeah. don't really, like, stay in one particular lane, if you will. Uh, MOBAs are, like, the Badlands for me. <laughs> like, they're there those are they're over there i don't know what they do i don't know what they're about um but you've you've seemed to cross over into those badlands if you will yeah you know so and you're finding enjoyment yeah which is interesting um i did a short video about this the other day but i just think like i'm constantly impressed by pokemon despite the amount of effort most of those games have put into them like Maybe not effort, but money, right? Like, I, I think Pokemon, my entire life, it, it was evolving and evolving and evolving, and then eventually it plateaued. But I think what's impressive to me about Pokemon is that it's able to adapt itself to so many mediums and genres incredibly well to the point where me, someone who's been playing Pokemon games since I could, before I could even read, um knows the rules of that world knows how things work and how things operate i know pokemon evolve i know moves can get better versions of moves as you get better as a trainer i know these things based off the rpgs i play in high school i tried league of legends didn't not make a lick of sense to me i was like i don't get it i don't like the culture not a fan and then i play this and the rules make sense like I play as a slowpoke, right? As I do well, as I earn experience, as I clear out uh, PvE stuff or PvP stuff, I'll earn experience in-game and then I will evolve to a slow bro. And then I, my moves will level up. So it's like, oh, there's individual progression per match playing a MOBA. The way that I, I think the one League of Legends match I played, the character upgraded, but I was like, why? What is happening? What does this mean? But here it's like, oh, Charmander does does well, turns into Charmeleon, turns into Charizard. Makes sense. That's what happens in Pokemon. So the big takeaway is that, again, I'm just impressed that this the most successful, most financially viable IP in the world, I guess it shouldn't be surprising because of that, but they're able to get somebody who has no familiarity with a genre or game or anything like that to understand it because of their tie to the recognition at the very least. So I think that's worth commending. And also it's a fun game. <laughs> like it's it's surprisingly fun. So I know this might be like an easy answer because mm -hmm. it's free to play. Yeah. It's on a platform that I own. Do you think I should legitimately try this? Because I have a long not not long, but I got a car ride this weekend. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm a big fan of of uh travel. Because when I'm not driving, I can set some things aside specifically for that block of time 
where you know i i can't like stream i can't edit something i mean i could but like you know i'm not gonna do that mm -hmm. it's purely for game time you know yeah. so persona 4 golden on the vita is getting a bit of a re not like a restart but i'm gonna jump back into that game where i left off right but should i split that time with pokemon uh i want to say evolve that's not the name unite of the game. unite <laughs> Pokemon um, Unite. Do you think I should legitimately try this and, and give it a nice college try? I think you should give it a shot, but I don't know logistically if you could do it in this car ride because it's mm. multiplayer only. It's an online game. Oh, okay. So boom. Okay, bet. Yeah. That's I'll jump by. But okay. well, like, like what I'll do you try it at some point? What do you know about like the structure of a MOBA? Like the objective? Do you know Oof. anything? That's a great question. Um, I know there's a you you. I think control a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of people at once i think where you click they go right and then you click on the enemy and they attack i believe and I, it seems to be uh a battle of i guess you could say attrition where you're overtaking the other enemy <laughs> kind how, of, like how, i can't speak to how league, wrong right how wrong how wrong was that like, you're in a similar you're in like the right <laughs> mindset i think like let me ask you this how do you feel about gambit and destiny i never played gambit okay well but i know it's rule set a little bit i think so when i played my first match i was like oh i like this but it's it's basically gambit is gambit a moba is that why i like it and then that's sort of how it all clicked for me of like you're it's 5v5 uh you're on one side of an arena enemies on the other side it looks like the arena is like a football shape there's a top path a bottom path and a central path um each character each pokemon has their own specialty their own focus you know like a character shooter would have um for me slowpoke is a ranged defender so the way i play is I will go up the path. On my way, there are uh, CPU Pokemon that are worth a certain number of points, right? And if you defeat them, you'll earn those points. And you can, you, you, by killing them, you earn points, you earn experience, which makes you stronger. And every point of theirs you get is a point you, at some point, should run to an enemy like uh goal on their side of the field to bank those points and take away the goal health pool essentially so like the arena split right down the middle there's a neutral zone in the middle and there's your side the enemy side right and if the other side it, like you have to win by banking points in the enemy's goals and if you take out the enemy's hp pool for one of their i think five goals the goal will go away and then they lose less ground on the field so then you can just keep pushing and pushing and pushing so do you know what's do you know what's really funny this is like i'm i'm knowing what you're saying mm -hmm based off of a mode in destruction all-stars of all games like yeah. oh okay like the prospect of you know defeating enemies getting points making them in there okay yeah like that is stockpile mm -hmm. <laughs> and i hate that that is the touchstone
for that. But um, okay. But I may, I may, I may, I may check it out. But like, genuinely, I know it's funny that you thought of destruction, right? But genuinely, having that at least basic level of concept of like strategy because of your experience with that will probably help you. And then the rules will come across very easily because it's a Pokemon take on the MOBA. So yeah, like that's. My experience with Gambit helped me the way that that will probably help you. Um, and it seems like there is some high-level play that can go on here. There's a ranked mode. I have not touched that. I've just done casual stuff. Uh, but I will be playing more of it. I have three other friends that are into it so far. So we basically have a full team of five. Um, we'll see how well we do. But it's very fun. It surprised the hell out of me. I didn't expect to be talking about it or playing it more than like one match but here we are so we'll see where i am at at the end of the year but pokemon unite not bad worth a shot for free beautiful Beautiful. well before we get to the serious discussion kevin you hear about this hear about what the 2020 and 2021 tokyo olympics are going on at the moment indeed they kicked off last week and during the opening ceremony there were some video game sounds that were being played some songs some tracks it was dope, it was dope. I, I was actually at the homie's apartment we were just chilling we just had it on the uh opening ceremony mm-hmm. like in the background whatever and i hear the the victory fanfare mm-hmm. and i like did like a whole double take like <laughs> wait, wait wait what the fuck wait was like was like that my phone because i know no one here knows that right like there's 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 no way anyone in this room would have any idea what it is besides me and lo and behold it was uh the olympics it was fucking cool i was like holy shit guys like i know y'all don't care but it was cool (laughs) i swear this is really cool i swear (laughs) yeah oh man good times so some of the games that were represented through music at the opening ceremony was kingdom hearts we got the olympus coliseum theme which is very very you know appropriate um absolutely very very cool uh final fantasy had a track there dragon quest i believe chrono trick chrono trigger lots of square enix representation um a few others i've been hearing reports that nintendo was supposed to be involved with the opening ceremony in some capacity that would have been dope. But that fell through for some reason. I didn't read too much into it, but um like apparently in some of the plans, like Lady Gaga was supposed to come out of a Mario Warp pipe or something. But uh you know That would have broke the air in that. Yeah. That would have been, been insane. That that would've been fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So we'll uh, get them we'll get them next time, guys. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Again, next time, gamers. And I mean when it was War- announced, Nintendo had the presence because they had a Mario mascot announced the Tokyo. 2021s mm. and the the 2016 one so mm, mm, mm. now what other ip do we think we should get representation with in the olympic games you know in general or the uh the tokyo one i think in general like in the future sure like is there a specific soundtrack from a game ip that you would want to see featured but like it, it's got to make a lot of sense mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that's that's a problem. So yeah, like of course we're in Tokyo. It's gonna make a lot of sense to put a lot of game stuff for uh the opening ceremony, right? But where else would it make I imagine LA we can get some I think that we can get some cool stuff 
in the LA Olympics in 20, I think 28, I think it is in LA. Oh, is that it? Yeah, yeah. It's like 2028, I think it's going to be in Los Angeles. So what, like the San Andreas soundtrack? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like a bunch of... <laughs> GTA 5. Yeah. Just all the way. Los Santos Customs. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Uh, a couple hmm. other headlines I saw coming out of the Olympics so far in the first week, uh, gaming related, were was I don't have the athletes' names specifically, but I know uh, I think you retweeted this. I saw it pop up in my timeline. Uh, one of the Olympic athletes said that they were playing Spider Man on the PS5. Yes, which is cool. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to shout her out. So let me let me you know fill some dead air real quick. I'm gonna get to it momentarily. Hold on, wait a minute. Nope, that's the wrong tab. Okay, that's the wrong tab. Wait, no, it wasn't. That was the right tab. It was, uh, I believe, a swimmer. I believe here. Yeah, it's uh, Kelly, Kelly Clays, C L A E S. Sorry, it was volleyball. Excuse me. She was she was uh, uh, in the volleyball section of the Olympics, mm-hmm. and apparently she was uh, playing Spider Man PS Five. When she was not competing at the Olympics, so cool stuff, cool stuff. Very nice. You'll, yeah, love to see it. Love to see it. There's another athlete who is in the shooting sport that I saw as well being reported. Um, her name is Vitalina Botsarashkina. Apologies. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, multiple appearances of wearing a Witcher medallion so that's dope and wait she was doing the cool stance right like hand, yeah, yeah. hand in pocket like i i really hope she got the gold medal yeah i really hope she got it mm-hmm. i'm not like i'll even care if she's not on the u.s team which i don't think she is you know oh, no she's not but i would want her to win personally fire good stuff good yeah. stuff good stuff well uh, shout out to the Olympics. Shout out to the video game representation. Um, it's it's interesting that since it was announced, Tokyo has had some level of their Olympic uh, spotlight taken up by video game stuff, even though some of these are just interviews with athletes. But, you know, it makes sense. Tokyo, Japan is a very massive influence on this entire industry. So... It's part of their culture, the way that every other Olympic ceremony, every other Olympics event brings their culture to the hosting city, you know? So it's cool. I think it's it's warranted. And I could honestly, I had a hard time thinking of an answer to your question because I don't know if there's another city or place in the world that would be able to maybe not justify, but have as much cultural like background tied to this genre to represent it on an olympic stage then yeah definitely not as much i think i think there's a decent shot at la right even though like i wouldn't i don't think that the fabric of the culturalness of la right i don't know if a big portion of that is gaming yeah like i imagine yeah like there's like a lot of like game studios there right so like i think there is some game culture there right um but like you said like i don't think it's going to be as much at all as tokyo you know what i'm saying yeah like yeah yeah. a u.s olympics is like a hollywood 
yeah a couple pop stars and then mcdonald's i guess i don't know coke the olympics party by coca-cola like <laughs> oh man oh man damn who's in a, i mean yes we could do the battlefield theme at some point i don't know if I don't know where that'd be appropriate. Like which games, which which Olympic, uh, like segment specifically. You know um, what? Jousting, perhaps. I nailed What's it. Up? NBA, two K. Okay. There's yep, basketball in the Olympics. That's it. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's so, it. You know, they don't have like original like soundtracks though, right? They just have like license license music as far as I'm aware. No, but. <laughs> NBA 2K16 does have an original story mode written, produced, directed by Spike Lee, and it's a good story mode. That's the one 2K game I've ever played, and it's because it's a Spike Lee joint. So damn, damn. NBA's got lore. <laughs> What's the NBA 2K lore? Where's their fandom page? Do they have a fan? I gu- I guarantee you there is a <laughs> page dedicated to that story mode in NBA 2K16. Ah, oh, man, the 2K lore. I'm sure it's expansive. Yep. Remember Alex it, Hunter? It, Alex Hunter. FIFA, FIFA guy? Mm, My name is Alex perhaps. Hunter. I think so. Hold on. He was me, the FIFA guy. Me. It's his story. We play it. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do recall. I do recall. Wasn't there a story mode with... um? What's his name? Oh my God, he's uh, he's Blade. Mahershala Ali. Ali. Yeah, wasn't I, there something where he was the dad or something like that? I maybe I I thought that might have been in a two K game. Yeah, or yeah, maybe Madden. Like, maybe Madden actually. Madden sounds more right. Yeah, what was it? The one shot, long shot. Yeah, whatever? something, something like that. But last thing <laughs> on the Olympics, I'm shocked considering how long of a series this has been going. No Mario and Sonic, fun thing. No commercials, no. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. fun little. We'll have them run the the hundred meter dash when nobody's looking. Like nothing like that. Listen, I know they have an officially licensed, you know, Olympic Games game, and that's great and all. That's 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 fine and dandy. They can do that. You can play as someone in a Sonic suit, mm-hmm. but like a full body suit. It's very disturbing, right? right. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games is legitimately incredible <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm so i played that game in 2008 i think the olympic games were i think yep. it was 2008 that game is fire it's good that that capital f fire yes so i think moving forward i think it should be mario and song at the olympic games and that should be the official olympic games game personally definitely good stuff good stuff Big well fan. with that we have reached pots and an awkward segue pots 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 uh, before we dive into it, I will say there is just like a, a wide sweeping content warning for some of the stuff that is, sorry, some of the stuff that's brought up in the lawsuit. I think you and I talked a little bit off air. Um, the majority of the conversation we're having this week, considering a lot of this stuff broke last week, will be focused on the up to date information. But uh, we will start out with. Jesus Christ. We will start out with the uh, mm. the brief recap of um, the events that broke late last week. Again, content warning if you're sensitive to some of the things that would probably be represented in a lawsuit regarding sexual harassment. 
There you go. So, uh, where to start with this? Uh, the state of California, the state, is suing Activision Blizzard because of a, I think, multi-year investigation on allegations of workplace mistreatment, harassment, sexual harassment. Of, yeah, it was it, it was yeah. a two-year investigation. Just mm -hmm. to be clear, it was two years. Uh, there is a long, long list in the official documents of this lawsuit that go in depth on some of the straight up abhorrent, disgusting things that go have been going on at this studio. And every day, more and more information has been coming out about it. There's up to date information. Uh, check out Jason Trier's reporting of it, Bloomberg, if you want like the actual in depth stuff. I think to just set the tone of this though this isn't just like a standard oh and it's horrible to say standard but we've seen allegations and reporting on this nature in the past but to just again get the the perspective of what's going on here the, i think the one that was shared around the most and was the most gut-wrenching was a report of an employee who was sexually harassed at her position at Activision Blizzard. Um, there was a holiday party where multiple people on staff were passing around her nudes. Uh, there was a business trip she ended up going on. Her boss brought a butt plug and lubricant. And on that trip, she ended up killing herself all because of the treatment she was being forced to experience at her job in the video games industry there's much more in this lawsuit with much more evidence kevin you just sent me one as well an updated thing from kotaku uh there's a cosby suite we're not going to get into what that is i've heard of this before but there are blizzard developers all posing with bill cosby's photo framed having a good laugh and guess what Guess who, guess who makes up this picture, Kevin? A lot of white dudes. A lot of white dudes, but if you read that article as well, I know you just got it, so like, yeah. I don't, I wasn't, but yeah, I'm not throwing shade at you at all, obviously, because this like just broke. Um, one of uh, the individuals pictured in this picture is uh, an HR representative <laughs> at Activision. Mm -hmm. um, so there's obviously, that's obviously shitty as fuck. So yes, there's there's that yeah so this broke last week um been added to developed on every day since it broke uh i think it broke actually thursday so the day after we recorded last week's episode um there's I, you and i've been following this industry for a long time right like we've been aware of it and since i for me at least i've been following the inside games industry discussion since like 2009 2010 probably i want to say the same same area for me yeah and i i think just because of you know we're young still right like i think around maybe a year after gamergate started is when i started hearing more and more stuff about the awful side of what goes on behind the industry like that's when my innocence was lost in regards to oh i like video games and i like 
the people who make video games because it's a medium I enjoy. Like, there's that moment when I was probably like mid to late teens that I started getting more of a grasp on the situation of there are some very deep-seated problems with management and just the industry at large. And I imagine it's the same for you just because of the age we were when a lot of these stories started coming out more and more frequently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, like... I'd say not not only an age thing of where like we we become more cognizant of these issues in terms of like a more m mature age. Like I don't think if you told me like at nine, like I would understand like the real severity of that. Obviously, I know it was bad at nine years old, duh. Yeah. But like the real ramifications of the effects of that culture, you know, in a given studio, definitely hit more. Obviously, closer to my senior year of high school college obviously all right. that good stuff yeah yeah so, so my point with that is we've been around long enough to hear a lot of reports like this this is this one feels different to me i, I don't know what it is about it but it just feels like after the past couple of years it feels like this is a straight up like hey if things aren't changing things are stopping right now no like you know? yeah it's 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 all bad. It's it's always been bad. I don't recall there ever being blood on hands. Like this one we had. That we here. know of, you know. That you're absolutely right. That we know of. Yeah. To be clear, you're absolutely right. That we know of. I and, and I think I think that's what at least for me really bumped it up to a different level. Not trying to negate those in the past. Those are just as bad. You know, but this slant of having a suicide involved in this is where it really gets, it really gets, it just gets disturbing, you know? Yeah. And it just gets disturbing. this is not the first very bad look Activision Blizzard has had the last few years, but I think there's been a growing unease from at least the community side of things where the distrust in that company has been building and building and building to at this point today, um, July 28th, there are over, the last number I saw was there are over 2,000 employees of Activision Blizzard who are striking today due to the company and executives' response to the report last week. Specifically, uh, today we had an update about the striking workers' response to Bobby Kotick's response to this whole thing. Bobby Kotick being the CEO of Activision Blizzard. Uh, he made a comment saying he was ashamed of the response of Activision last week because late last week, Activision uh, PR at Activision and executives at Activision came out saying this a whole mixed bag of things. There was like, oh, we're so sorry. We don't like we don't support this culture. This is not a thing we're OK with. And then somebody else who were like, this is disgusting that you'd say these things about our company. We do not do this. So it's like not consistent it all looks bad i know you're being sued so there's like very legally there's a line you have to toe but the messiness of their response last week paired up with bobby Kotick's kind of non-answer about that response after the stocks of activision went down the employees aren't happy with it the strike is continuing it's ongoing at this moment so like activision sorry activision is in uh, very, very hot water in a number of avenues right now, and it's important to talk about, so that's why we're bringing it up today.
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, and, and you, and, and <clears throat> I'll even know where you go from this. Like it, it's, it's it, like, it's obviously disgusting on all accounts and you can read between the lines here and see like, there's already people contradicting what has been said already in terms of executives coming out and saying different things where we had, um, I really forget names. I apologize, but uh, I think the initial or one of the first initial responses from a higher up at Activision from a male gave a bit more of a respectable response. Not great, but respectable in terms of like not outright saying that all these are lies, whatever. And like, you know, um, like at least acknowledging that, hey, like there is a problem. Right. And then we have the I believe she is head of HR or just uh, like another figurehead at Activision who was a female who was saying that all these were taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, all these are outdated that they happened 10 years ago, which doesn't make it any fucking better, but okay. Like, yeah. Like if, if they yeah, happened 10 that, years ago, acknowledge like, Hey, this is a culture that like we've had to accept and work on. Don't be yeah. like, it, it happened a long yeah. time ago. It's fine. Like that's yeah, not the like response that, I that, have to that. That no, that that's not how that works. That 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 doesn't. Time heals, but not specifically that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Time doesn't specifically heal that. Um, and then Bobby Kodak as well in his comments, everything like you you can see that they are there's there's a there's a mishmash of responses that we've been given from higher upset. Activision that I don't think have been great at all, you know? Yeah, specifically, the reason I wanted to bring up the Bobby Kodak thing is because it is absolutely to placate, you know, the stock market, where before he made his statement, it was was going down hard. And then he made a statement last night, and guess what? This morning, they're back up. So that was... (laughs) It, that is absolutely what that was. But the workers who are striking said, hey, no, his response was not good enough. We, he's not addressing the critical elements of what's going on here. Um, so shifting slightly the focus to ways that listeners, content creators can assist in this is an interesting conversation. I'll say first off, the workers on strike have gave out a list of uh options of ways to help them if you're standing in solidarity first up they say tweet hashtag act walkout uh also if you want to and are financially able to donate the organizations they are highlighting that work to make the industry a better place for the people who are at risk here uh black girls code futures without violence girls who code rain with two n's r-a-i-n-n Women in Animation, Women in Games International. All of those will have links in the description of this episode of the podcast. Um, those are the ways to help if you are upset by this information, which you should be, frankly. <laughs> um, but specifically, I think in terms of... Actually, hold on. Sorry, there's one other thing I want to throw in here before we move on. Um, there was another report this morning in terms of standing with the workers of Activision. Uh, this is from Steven Totillo. 
nearly 500 current and former Ubisoft workers from 32 studios have signed an open letter in solidarity with Activision Blizzard workers and calling out Ubisoft's management for its handling of its misconduct scandals over the past year. So again, it's not just an Activision thing. Activision is the one in the spotlight right now. We know Ubisoft has had this problem. That was a big thing last year. And they said they were going to fix it. They said they fixed it. And then more and more reports have come out from Ubisoft on the inside of like, hey, things aren't better. So it does feel like this is building momentum in a way that it's harder for, and it should be harder, harder for consumers of the games industry and games to be able to ignore this. And I genuinely, like, that's the only way things will change is if the audience who are funding these games and these people in power put their money where their mouth is and support the people who are making the art that you enjoy. Like, that, I think, is the main takeaway of all this. And from our perspective, what we have to look at. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I, I mean, I just... I, I just don't have a lot to add to that. I sure. mean, th- that that just I just echo everything you just said mm-hmm. right there. To be, to be completely honest with you, um, yeah. I yeah, a- and it's it's just clear that like this is um, I don't know. This is this is something that obviously like I think we need to keep talking about this. We mm-hmm. to, we we need to keep conversing with this. I really do think that. Um, I do think that like a lot of good can happen, right? With just conversing with with one another about what is going on and your perspective, right? And how you've been treated, right? I think that that is one of the most powerful things that you can do as a person to incite or or begin to start to incite change. At least make people aware and make people informed of the perspective that you see and the injustices and the injustices that you may have faced right like it's it's very important for for this to be talked about and for this to just be out there to have other people understand your point of view and what you've been going through and at least make an informed decision of a response that that person may want to then respond with you know what i'm saying like like that like if there's any silver lining at least we're having this conversation, you know, and, and, and it's, it's getting out there and we can begin to hopefully shift the culture. And I do think that the culture is shifting, right? I do believe that we will have less of this in the future. Do I think it's going to be zero? Absolutely not. You know, do I, do I think it's going to be just, just gone like that? And in 20 years, we won't have to ever talk about this at the studio ever again. No, I don't think it's ever going to stop, but at least it can be fucking less, right? And not have this every six or eight months, like last year we did with Ubisoft, and now here we are with EA. You know what I'm saying? Activision. It's sorry. Excuse me, Activision. Activision. Sorry, I missed. It's just, it's just, it's just frustrating. You know. I, I think the other thing that's important to say in this specific conversation is that, like, I personally don't want to put words in anybody's mouth because I'm just an observer here. I'm not being affected by this. I cannot understand what it's like to be in this industry. I think the important thing at this moment for, again, fans and content creators that enjoy this industry and this space is to listen rather than talk. 
like listen elevate the people who are being mistreated and support them the ways you can don't it doesn't matter how like what you feel not you specifically as kevin diaz or me yeah like what yeah. someone like me feels about what's going on here it doesn't matter you know like i i'm not being affected by this i can do what i can to help the people who are being affected by this and i think that is also a factor in every scenario like this that is lost on some people who try to make it about them how they feel about it what they think about the way people feel like no that's not the important thing here so when it does come to us as content creators as people who have some kind of a platform specifically when it comes to the way we talk about video games because that is an element here this is still a a business industry at the end of it all there's a profit involved that is why these games are being made no matter the scale it's to make money like as content creators whether or not you're passionate about something or you're doing it for fun or for work if you're talking about a game that is either upcoming not out yet xyz whatever when you're talking about any game you are marketing that game for the company without them paying you that is at the grand scheme like fully step back that's what you're doing whatever your intentions are doesn't matter can give you context but at the end of the day if i make a video about marvel's avengers i am helping market marvel's avengers you know so it gets tricky when like that's your full living as a content creator I know, I believe there's a World of Warcraft streamer named Asmongold who I've read a little bit about his comments on this recently. Like, he's a full-time WoW streamer. That's his his income. Because of this, he's shifted to Final Fantasy XIV and he has been commenting on the scenario of Blizzard elevating the people who are being mistreated by Blizzard. As content creators, I think there's a pressure and a responsibility to read the room and in my, I don't know how you feel about this and we can talk about it, but personally, yeah. like I do not plan on talking or bringing up or covering or watching or engaging with events, marketing, games, published, released by any way from Activision until the people who are being affected right now say genuinely things are better because that's that that's what will hurt the people who are able to make these decisions you know when the money stops they'll do something to fix it so yeah i don't know how you feel about it. we had a private discussion yeah yesterday about it and i'm still kind of wrestling with it if mm -hmm. i'm being completely honest with you like like i do understand that like yeah like the only way that us as consumers and uh um you know people that make content online right and mm -hmm. and and we podcast we make videos we stream etc about games right um that that like the the one tangible way and to your point the most effective way if we're being frank about it uh is to hurt them in the wallet right is to hurt them in their quarterly earnings reports right yeah that that's the most like they they are a company it is a organization of people that are 
solely there to make money off of the products that they make. Mm-hmm. They speak money. That that's that's the only language they know, right? From a from a from a consumer to company standpoint, the only language we got is 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 the fiscal language is money. So, yeah, like I I do get that right that that, that like you know not fiscally supporting them in terms of not buying their games and also not offering them free marketing via content mm-hmm. is good steps as to how you would show them that hey like what you are doing is not great and what you are doing is not at all good in any shape form or fashion to a large majority a large section of your employee um base right and mostly i mean mostly i'm i'm with that i mean to be to be frank with you here like i know I'm the COD guy. I'm the one that like lets you know about like all right. you know what what's going going on with COD. I have no problem with never bringing up COD again here until you know real change is made within Activision Blizzard. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, like I have no problem never bringing it up here again. Like right. I got no, I got no problem with that. And I know, like I know Activision, especially lately, is mainly Call of Duty. So for me, someone who hasn't played a Call of Duty since world war ii and hasn't genuinely loved a call of duty since black ops like it's easy for me to cut out cod and not talk about cod and not give cod any attention because there's been plenty of years where i did not even look at a trailer for a new call of duty right but yeah yeah when it comes to activision as a whole activision blizzard i have a long history with some of their ip that i really enjoy right like tony hawk last year was one of my favorite games of so was crash 4 crash 4 and tony hawk were two of my favorite games last year you know Spyro, I've been waiting for Spyro 4. Spyro 4 gets announced, doesn't exist to me. Because at the end of the day, it is what I can do individually, right, is, again, it's insignificant, but that's the language that the executives at these companies understand. Like, that is why Bobby Kotick made a a comment. It's because their wallet hurt when the stocks crashed. You know, like, at the, you could say it's a penny in the ocean, but it's still better than nothing i can't do anything else right now i i personally don't think i don't think it's a pain in the ocean i don't think it's something insignificant Mm -hmm. you know like like i get like i get why you said that like from like a grand scheme like you're just one individual yes um but I believe. It, I mean, this start, this is all domino. Like, like, like this is how shit happens. Like, yeah, like, this is a domino effect. You know. I do believe yeah. there was a comment either on an internal email or there was some sort of thing I saw. Uh, I believe Jason Schreier comment on of the idea of Activision or Call of Duty being too big to fail. Be in the midst of all this reporting, so like, that's why it can feel that way. I think, but it's still something, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it is tricky. I know like Warzone is not going to stop being Warzone. It, people are still going to play it. You have the, your very casual person who plays two games a year. One of them is Warzone, one of them is Madden, who works a nine to five every day, comes home, is tired, plays Warzone, goes to bed. They don't know what's going on. They don't. Exactly. They're not going to yeah. do anything. They're not going to change their habits. But I think it's important that regardless of what level you are, if you do cover games in a content manner and Activision is in that like selection, it just at, at the very least, 
donate to one of these organizations and then take a step back and self-evaluate of what am I doing? Who's it helping? How will I be hurt if I stop doing this? Because again, even the people who are striking understand that there are people who like th they pay rent by doing content creation and stuff like that. And like full stopping isn't fully viable for them and nobody's really asking them to do that. It's just what can you do given your uh, like place at this moment to help. And for yeah. me personally, it's as the host of a podcast and somebody who talks about games a lot, it's not covering this company beyond news stories like this, not covering them, not giving them money, not giving them word of mouth, acting like they don't exist. So, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I know for you, like you were saying, it is when it comes to Call of Duty, at least that's like a franchise that's been like instrumental for you and in getting into space. And I know you haven't been like super hot on COD lately anyway. That's the thing. But, like, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's easy for me to like not bring it up here anymore, you know, just because like I, I don't play Warzone, right? That's just not my bag. Mm -hmm. I haven't touched Cold War in like fucking since December, maybe January, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's just something that like I just like to see what that IP is doing just I just like to just keep up with it, you know, in 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 general. I really don't talk about it outside of this podcast, I'll be completely honest with you. Like I never bring it up on PlayStation Source and I never really tweet about it, you know, just cuz like I just don't have the most riveting stuff to say just cuz I'm not entrenched in that community as much as I was back in 2000, you know, 9, 2010, 11, 12, 13, etc. Um so it's 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 a bit easier for me and overall when I look at Activision's portfolio, yeah, I loved Crash Four. Um, I don't think we're gonna get a Crash Five at this point, to be honest. Like, I just, I just don't think Crash Four sold that well or whatever, you know. And um, I, they just don't have a lot of stock with me other than COD, if I'm being completely honest. So for me, it's 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 easy just not to just not engage them because I really don't engage with them on a on a super frequent manner in the first place. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, that's that. Yeah, and I think, in my personal stance, again as somebody who like, we've talked about this before every week. Like I usually I write up the notes. We usually have sometimes a brief discussion of like generally what do we want to talk about for the week. Moving forward, as far like we've mentioned, I'm not giving Activision any of my attention. We're probably not going to talk about anything related to them any anymore until again notable change happens and there's evidence of it and i personally am thinking of keep, just having that be my standard um i guess like just my standard moving forward for a company like I, and listen i've given my share fair share of support and affection for ubisoft this this past generation uh my entire life i've loved a lot of assassin's creed games I am starting to feel like I should be cutting Ubisoft out the same way because we I gave them the benefit of the doubt last year after they said they were changing things and there was even a report I think late last year that was like hey yeah things are better by like this percent margin and then recently there's just more and more unease just from like my feeling and reading in on situations that makes me feel like things at Ubisoft are 
barely better to the point where I don't feel comfortable like financially supporting them at the very least. So like it's it's a tough thing to navigate because there's so many layers of like the games industry, the fact that there's no union, the fact that there's like covered up reports of things. It's a very hard thing to do. I think the best thing you can do though is just kind of constantly check yourself as a content creator and as a consumer of like, again, those questions, who am I, what, who am I supporting? Would I hurt myself if I cut this out? Like, that's a thing I think as educated people who consume entertainment in this space should be a conversation you have with yourself a lot more often than it yeah. seems like it has been. So, yeah. Yeah. And then with the, I mean, with the Ubisoft thing, once again, if, if, if we're going to go that way, let's just go that way mm -hmm. on this show. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, uh, my, uh, you know, affinity towards I division is a lot different than towards Ubisoft. Right. Right. I would say I, I w like too, a lot yeah. of Ubisoft. Yeah. Like I, I, I w like a lot of Ubisoft games. Right. And, and, um, and, all that right and i still continue to buy them in spite of everything that had came out right and um you know you can take that statement you can call me a hypocrite you can call me a picky choosy type of person you can say all that it is what it is you know take with that as you will if you want to label me that go ahead by all means i totally get your point of view right um and i think what where where i'm at right christian is that like i know that not everyone at ubisoft or at activision are involved with this bullshit, mm -hmm. right there is a huge majority of people that are just not involved in this bullshit, right right and that they genuinely just work at a work at the games company they're a developer they do their thing they do great work they work their ass off to get here etc they do what they gotta do they leave they have a they have a normal life they're an upstanding citizen you know what i'm saying but like they're, they're generally overall pound for pound probably a good person right there's probably a lot of people that you can take all those traits and define them with right and um that's where it's like i want to i have no problem supporting those people right those those that are just genuinely just good people just doing good work at these studios right i know that's not the focus of this entire conversation i understand that right. but um like and i definitely don't want to take away what is the real subject which is just the horrible shit that's going on right let me just be clear but what i'm saying is that i hesitate on saying oh i'm never gonna buy another ubisoft game when i really want to give support to those that are doing good that are good people on that team mm -hmm right yeah. at the same coin i can't control where where my money goes yeah when i buy an ubisoft game that's that's the big thing inevitably part of my 60 70 dollars is going to a dickhead at fucking ubisoft and activision yeah and you know like, so we don't have to, yeah we don't have to mince words right like it's the majority of that purchase is going towards them like people are on yeah, salary yeah. but like yeah i i know it's a tricky thing because i've i've 
wrestled with that idea before of like oh well there's developers who like this is their life and they, i know they vocally say like even some of when we've seen this in the past they're like hey do what you want to do but like we worked really hard in this game we want you to play it but do what you're gonna do there's still that sentiment of it but at the end of the day i don't feel comfortable dropping 60 bucks on the next spyro or the next diablo spinoff or the next uh assassin's creed if that money is going to the executive's pocket who's allowing this culture to be fostered and continue unchecked like because if i'm doing that am i really supporting the developer if like they're being forced to exist in this scenario where that person's still in charge because i'm giving them my money like that's where i end up falling on it which yeah. yeah again we don't know where the money goes but that seems like the likely reality of it and for me it's not something i want to help or not help but not something i want to put my money towards uh allowing it to go on this way so i will just take my 60 dollars out of it i will s stop talking about prince of persia marion rabbits avatar and i know this is ubisoft at the moment but this was a this Activision event made me reconsider the Ubisoft thing a lot. And specifically with Activision, I, for the longest time, I wanted to get into a Blizzard series. I'm fine now. Diablo, I was going to pick up Diablo 2 Remastered. Not anymore. Uh, Diablo 3, never going to try. I, <laughs> I, I will say, I would probably feel like a little more conflict if Bungie was still involved with this circuit. Like, genuinely, if it was still Bungie, I would... If Bungie was still here in Activision Blizzard, I could understand more the struggle of a lot of people who are evaluating themselves right now. I just don't have that tie outside of, like, Crash and Spyro and Tony Hawk to any of the relevant Activision IP at the moment. So, like, it's an yeah. easier choice for me to make. I am aware of that. So. Yeah. 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 And... I will say, I don't know if you saw this, but I know because Bungie was so heavily tied to Activision Blizzard, they did make a statement. I did see that. I did see that. And that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that statement. I'm like, I bet I bet somehow they're, they're going to be brought up in this. Yeah, so I, I have the, the thread. I can pull it up right now because I think this is an appropriate response to yeah, like a lot of the studios. Um from the official Twitter account, they said, Bungie is built on empowering our people no matter who they are, where they are from, or how they identify. We have a responsibility to acknowledge, reflect, and do what we can to push back on a persistent culture of harassment, abuse, and inequality that exists in our industry. It's our responsibility to ensure this type of behavior is not tolerated at Bungie in any level, and that we never excuse it or sweep it under the rug. While the accounts in this week's news are difficult to read, we hope they will lead to justice, awareness, and accountability. We have a zero-tolerance policy at Bungie for environments that support this toxic culture, and we are committed to rooting them out to defend those who are at risk. Women, POC, and underrepresented communities have nothing to gain by reliving their trauma. We believe them when they come forward with reports of abuse or harassment. We don't pretend that Bungie is perfect and that no one has experienced harassment while working here, but we will not tolerate it and will confront it head-on, and we will continue to do the work every day to be better. Our goal to continue our goal is to continue to improve the experience for working for everyone working at Bungie and do our part to make the gaming industry as a whole to be more welcoming and inclusive. That is a very good response. 
from someone who, like you said, has been in this circle of Activision Blizzard absolutely while this stuff was going on, right? Like, Bungie split from them a couple of years ago. Who's to say when these specific events detailed in the lawsuit happened? But we're all on the same page that this Activision stuff has been going on for a long time. So while Bungie was partnered, there, there, that was there. They probably encountered that at Bungie, within Bungie, uh, like next to Bungie. And I think that response is much more appropriate and like genuine. Again, it's a corporation, but it's more genuine than that initial wave of Activision responses last week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. I agree. I would agree. I would agree. Well, um, as it stands, the strike is ongoing. Um, like I mentioned, these resources in the description of the video this week. Um, if you are curious, I would recommend following uh, Jason Schreier, uh, Bloomberg. They've been having very up-to-date reporting on it. Kotaku as well is just, uh, they're the ones who cited the um, the Cosby Suite story that broke during this recording. But Kevin, currently, I guess, do you have any other thoughts we haven't gone over? Because I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> is there anything? Yeah. Um... Oof. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, like, I... I do apologize, like, if I feel like I'm being, like, a little bit quiet about this. It's just because, like, I, it, it's, it's not hard to have an opinion, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm obviously against fucking harassment. Obviously against this treatment. Like, at, at this point, it's, it's, it's not, like, unique to say that, right? It's not, like, anything revelating to say that you're against these horrible things. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, this these conversations like do obviously have to happen right this 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 has to change you know and um and you gotta do and you gotta also listen do your research for your own self uh and do your own introspective you know to really hash out like what you feel is appropriate moving forward for not only you for not only yourself but like what you support in terms of products games etc right so that all has to be taken into account and um obviously donate links below in the description all that great stuff um but but yeah no it's 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 fucked up and um yeah like there's just you know it's yeah i think that's it yeah i don't, I don't know yeah the the one thing it, i'll it, it it just fucking sucks you know the one thing it's i'll fucking. say as well um just as because, again, this is a widespread issue with games, not just on development side, right? Like YouTube, uh, YouTube culture, streaming culture, like high-level gameplay leagues. Like this is, this is a problem that has persisted with the community of gaming forever. And this, the thing that I think is the damning term like people use boys club locker room uh frat boy was the recent one that was thrown around a lot with activision and that doesn't stop there you know like that is everywhere i think twitch like streaming communities like they're obviously not everybody but i do think that is a element of the gaming community that 
in my opinion, I think is the worst part is that culture that is able to persist for any number of reason, you know? So like, that is the thing that I try to keep out of the content or people I associate with when making content and stuff. So like, again, it's a matter of reevaluating constantly what can you do to help the people and elevate the people who are being affected by this the most. And it's, I know a lot of people use games for escapism, but this is people's lives, you know? Like, there's a point where, yes, the person who's playing Madden and Call of Duty, are they going to have to do any self-introspective? No. If if that person listens to a show like this, I ask you, maybe. Maybe take a minute. How much do you enjoy Call of Duty, you know? There's a lot of games out there. I know EA is not perfect, but Battlefield this year, maybe Battlefield's better than Call of Duty. EA, there's no updated reports about EA right now, but... It's questions like that that I think people have to ask themselves more and just specifically for the people who, again, are like us, just just don't like work on persisting that frat boy game club. Gaming has to be a little toxic. Like, no, that is so fucking tired. Like, it's never been that way. It never should have been that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Don't let it be that way. That's that's the other aspect of, like, what can we do, you know, that just be better to people when you're online with them in general. You know, that's another yeah. element that I think is underneath all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was also a lot about, you know, specifically, like, women of color. Yeah. As well, that... um definitely hits a little bit closer home to me personally mm -hmm. obviously um so yeah that's also a thing that i hope also gets enlightened in this entire thing of course you know like i was i was i was talking to my friend like about it because like he he had heard about this whatever i'm like yeah no like women in gaming get treated like fucking shit like it is it is it's it's a lie it's it's not just activision it, it, it's not even just ubisoft like it's it it goes a lot more down than that. indies as well. Like there are indie studios that it's, have these problems. It's it's. I'm not even talking from a game development side. I mean, just simply like if you are a woman on Twitch, yeah. How much shit you have to deal with, other than me or you or any other male in this space? Like it, it it's it's fucking disgusting. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so yeah, yeah. I I think the last thing to say, at least on my end as well, is like even like it's it's okay to not be perfect as being an ally but it's improving yourself right like i'm not perfect in the way i have talked about things in the past and like i take the like criticism is not a personal attack as long as you're trying to be better you know like i i think people just have to listen more again you just don't you can't have an opinion on something if it doesn't directly affect you you can be a good person you can be a good listener and i think more people should act on that you know because yeah again you and i no matter what we sympathize with we can't understand what it is actually like to be treated that way because of who you are the best we can do is listen to them and support them in the ways they say that we can be supported you know like yeah. it's 
it's really not that hard to be a good listener. It is hard, I'd say, to be a good ally because that involves a lot of self-reflection. But it's necessary. We're all adults, you know? Like, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> but that, I mean, that's the current state of Activision Blizzard and uh, the games industry at the moment, so. Yep. Um, hopefully, next week, if there is anything to you know come back to on this it's good news uh i hope that what's going on with the employees is satisfactory to them i hope the strike works out for them uh again if you want to donate or support use the hashtag uh you can find links for the organizations i've already signed up for a couple things and sent some things out but it's it's i i'm glad you turned it around earlier kevin like i shouldn't have said that it's not important to help or like on an individual level because it absolutely is like yeah 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 that i was like wait no question hold on <laughs> yeah no like it's not like yeah no yeah it it can feel that way it absolutely yeah can feel it that can way, certainly but... feel that way oh yeah yeah but no it's no you you would be shocked at the effect one person can have yeah. you know you would you would you'd be really 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 surprised at the shot like you know and i know for sure you have affected a lot of people you know with what you speak you know as a white male in this industry you know what i'm saying like yeah. it it it's definitely not for nothing for sure definitely not for nothing yeah. and not insignificant you know so yeah uh yeah that is the state of things so kevin uh any final words before we wrap up this week um yeah like i know i know this is where like we like plug our stuff i don't want to plug yeah i was gonna say but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just, anything this week. Just... yeah just like uh, no that's that's not no no uh that's not at all necessary right now at all y'all if y'all know me y'all know me it doesn't matter yeah. links below in the description go support those mm -hmm. that uh need support yeah so yeah uh yeah believe women it's not hard just just be a better listener yeah so yeah uh i will say out of uh you know just respect for the people who support us thank you to the patreon producers uh uh sorry <laughs> aaron easton and charles applin um this is the most recent episode of gamescast we post every wednesday uh we'll be back next sorry we record every wednesday we post every friday so last week's episode we said a couple good things about activision and ubisoft on we friday we did man. that was that was that was quite interestingly timed yeah I'll say. quite <laughs> very unfortunate very unfortunate time. uh next week we'll be back episode 75 uh hopefully good news on this front and uh just a, a better state of mind on the industry next week i hope some change happens it's probably not going to happen soon, but I hope it happens fast. Indeed. So. Indeed. Uh, all that being said, thanks for listening. Be better. And it's pizza time. It's pizza time. <laughs>
I know there was like something in the initial report that came out last week of Activision where um, 